with an unexpected one-and-done season at Ohio State, is Bryce Sensaba on the wing the high upside score the Pelicans need? It may depend on one domino falling first. I'll explain in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans at NBA. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential Member of the Media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Friday, final show of the week, and we're going to take a look at another prospect. If you want a break from Draft Talk, looked at the Pelicans yesterday, comparing them to the Denver Nuggets. And if you're an everydayer, you listen to that one, and then you listen to the show the day before where we talked about the need for a new stadium and why it maybe prevents the Pelicans from relocating elsewhere. But we're back to Draft Talk, and that's why I'm thankful you're making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today, every day, Monday through Friday. Because no one else comes to you breaking down all the draft prospects you want to know. I look at the film. I give you my thoughts on them. And we've got another one today. Uh, An often requested name in Bryce Sensabaugh out of Ohio State. Kind of a surprise guy in the draft. But someone I could see potentially flying up draft boards. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by It Just Went Away. Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So, Bryce Sensabaugh, wing out of Ohio State, a freshman after a bit of a surprise one-and-done season. But this dude is just a pure bucket getter. After a freshman season that started, that saw him start on the bench, move into the starting lineup, and by the way, lead Ohio State in scoring, the first freshman to do that since D'Angelo Russell, a former number two overall pick. This is a guy that, having watched him a little bit, I kind of dig, and I would not be shocked if he shoots up draft boards and ends up going closer to the lottery than not. He's a projected first-round pick. I don't know if he's going to really go at 14, and that's something we'll talk about in the next segment. There is a situation, I think, where the Pelicans would take him, but it may not be what you're expecting. But like I said, this dude's a walking bucket. 16.3 points per game, 40.5% from three on four and a half attempts per game. He's a pretty decent rebounder with uh, over five rebounds per game. Really good size at 6'6". He didn't do combine measurements, so I don't know what his official wingspan is, but it looks closer to seven feet or beyond that. He's got some really good size, and you can tell he's also strong. He's got an NBA-ready body. And when you watch this dude play, he's a three-level scorer. He's a three-level scorer. This is a guy that has the stroke from deep. I don't know if he's the best shooter in the draft, but his mechanics look really good, and you can see that he is going to be a three-point shooter at the NBA level. I like that he's also willing to put the ball on the ground and drive and attack 
the basket. He doesn't have incredible hops. He's not dunking it and finishing above the rim, but he has nice enough touch around the rim to be able to lay the ball in. And that good size, the weight, the size that he has allows him to absorb contact and not get really truly thrown off. I like his his scoring game. And the best part about this is, I said, three-level score, right? This is a guy who's got a mid-range jumper. He's got a nice little move where he's driving downhill, stops on a dime, pulls up, and just takes a short mid-range shot. They're just easy money for him. Just simple little things, scoring at all three levels. This is something the Pelicans could use. His free throw stroke is great. Shot 83% uh, this season. And as I said, led the Ohio State Buckeyes in scoring. He's got other wrinkles to his game too. And that's kind of what I like about him. He plays a little bit with his back to the basket. You remember how Drew Holiday would try and post up bigs or smaller guards when they were switched on him and they weren't ready for the strength that he has. And he'd back him up, back him up, back him up, turn around, get an easy little bucket. You see Bryce Sensema doing that on offense too. He doesn't mind backing guys down into the post and uses his strength to get into a really good position. He isn't a playmaker, but I want to look at that in the next segment a little bit more too. By the way, in the third segment, I should have mentioned this. We got updates on coaching staff and front office stuff. Trajan Langdon, Jaron Collins, updates on that for you. So we'll look at Bryce Sensabaugh over two segments here. This is a guy similar to Jordan Hawkins that isn't scared to also take that last shot, take the tough shot, wants those kind of big moments and isn't going to shy away from them. I don't want to say he's clutch. I don't want to say any college player's clutch, especially in one season where you just don't play that many games, 33 games total. But he's got a little bit of that in him. Big time shot maker who isn't scared to have the ball in his hands. He cuts well enough, repositions well. He's not an amazing off-ball guy. You want him to kind of be a scoring two-guard. He's not going to be a lead guard creating for others, but you can get him the ball, and he's going to be able to go out and score from anywhere on the court. Defensively, he's not great. Defensively, this is what he's trying to prove during this pre-draft process. This is what's going to potentially elevate him into the lottery. Can he be a good defender? He started on the bench because he was not a good defender. And he lacks that basketball IQ. The the off-ball awareness loses his guy. Doesn't have the lateral quickness on ball to keep up with some of the quicker players that he went up against. And that led him to fouling a little too much. Has good size to handle bigger people and switches, but he's going to end up fouling a lot. And does that make him unplayable? And when you think about fit with the Pelicans, think about head coach Willie Green, this guy going to get minutes. But he's a knockdown shooter that does have the ability to shoot in motion. We talked about Jordan Hawkins being the best movement shooter in the draft, even though I wasn't very high on him. I like Sensabaugh better, I'll be honest. He doesn't quite have that Jordan Hawkins level of movement shooting, but you can see the way he controls his body. He should be able to catch and shoot, coming off pin downs, coming off screens, elevator doors, other things like that, very, very easily with enough work at the NBA level. So where does he fit with the Pelicans? 
would they actually take this guy at 14 when that's not really where his projection is going to be? I'm going to give you some insight into their draft process coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to a concert, to a Pelicans game, to a Saints game, any event, doesn't need to be stressful. You might not know you're going to go to the game, to the event, the concert, until the day of. So that's where Game Time comes in. It's the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And they have the game time guarantee, which means you're always going to get the best price. If you find the same tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. They also have exclusive flash deals on tickets for everything. Bored on a weekend? Get on game time, see what you can get for cheap, and all of a sudden you got an awesome night out. So download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. No one else comes to you like this, even in the offseason, giving you the insight into the team, into the draft prospects, everything going on what the Pelicans can learn from teams that are in the postseason right now. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to support the channel, become an everydayer and comment down below on YouTube. What do you think of Bryce Sensabaugh? So how does he fit? He's a bucket getter, right? This is a dude that can score at all three levels. You need a three, he can take that. You need him to drive and attack and give you a two, he can do that as well. Is he going to be a good defender? Probably not at the NBA. I'm fairly certain he's not going to be a plus defender really ever. So how does he fit with the Pelicans? And where would they draft him? And I kind of hinted at what I'm going to tell you in a second in that statement. With the Pelicans, right, this is your sixth man off the bench. You wanted Jordan Clarkson on this team. You wanted just a bucket getter off the bench to give that stagnant offense a little bit of a more bounce, a scoring punch. It's Bryce Sensabaugh, I think, could easily be that guy, especially with good size. Wings that do a number of things. Scoring at all three levels is multiple things. I like. He has tools to be really useful offensively. So if you want a guy that can just elevate that second unit where players defer to him, set him up, and he just goes and cooks, that's this could be your guy. He's not going to be a lead guard that you pair with C.J. McCollum. But when we talk about lead guards, and we've looked at a lot of guards so far, you know, are they a ball handler? Can they take some of the pressure off? If, in theory, everyone's healthy, it's a big in theory thing, you don't need another one because Zion handles the ball. Brandon Ingram handles the ball. That takes pressure off C.J. McCollum. You also have Jose Alvarado there, too. Why not just take the best three-level scoring wing guard in the draft and go with that guy and give him a big role on the team to just go out and straight up cook. That could be what the Pelicans need. Bryce Sensabaugh easily could be that guy. I think the Pelicans also really believe in their defensive system and defensive philosophy. They were a good defense last year, and when you look at some of the players on this team, you go, Brandon Ingram's not a great defender. CJ McCollum's not a good defender. They're undersized at times. Valanciunas isn't a, you know, an elite rim protector or anything like that, yet they still had the sixth best defense and a top 10 defense all year long. 
they're clearly able to make it work on the defensive side of the ball, even with some guys that aren't amazing at it. So Bryce Sensabaugh fits right in. You don't need to close games with him necessarily. You just need to give that bench unit a little bit more elevation, bring up their floor, let them score, so that they sometimes don't get run out of the building and undo a lot of the work that the starters did. And that's where I think Bryce Sensabaugh comes in. I think, though, that 14 is a little bit too high to draft him. I could see this being a player that the Pelicans really like, really fall in love with, and want to draft, but they know that 14 is too high. And they've done this the past couple of drafts. It was very clear early on they were fixated on Dyson Daniels, and that was the guy that they wanted to take. The year before, the guy they really wanted to take was Trey Murphy. And they traded back and managed to get him. They couldn't take him at 10, so they saw how they could make this all work. So if they trade back 17, 20, that's where I think you're looking at Bryce Sensabaugh's range going. I don't think they'll trade back up into the first round to try and take him. I think they don't want to take someone at 14 and then this guy a little bit later. And I think they could be comfortable taking him at 14, but I think they'd look to trade down, get an additional asset, offload a contract, and still get the guy that they ultimately want. So I see them drafting Bryce Sensabaugh, but I think it's got to be later in the first round in a trade back scenario and that's where I think he could really work play him with the second unit let him just go and cook and do his things similar to another Ohio State prospect Malachi Branham with the San Antonio Spurs he started to come on as the season went on really starting to just be a score for that team I like Bryce Sensabaugh better than Malachi Branham but you could see what the Spurs were doing with Branham and you could see how a guy like Bryce Sensabaugh, I'm pulling up his stats, really fits into some of that. And I think this guy's going to be a good three-point shooter. If you get him to just chill and do catch-and-shoot situations, that's fine too. So he can go and do everything you need him to do, which is just be a scorer, which means you're not overloading him with too much stuff, and that's going to allow him to grow and be the type of player that you want. Let me know what you think. Bryce Sensabaugh, when you compare him to other guys like Jordan Hawkins, when you compare him to someone like Grady Dick, two of the prospects that we've looked at so far, if you're an everydayer, you're going to hear me talk about Kobe, uh, Kobe Bufkin on Monday, a guy I'm very high on. I want to look at him. Uh, Nick Smith Jr. as well out of Arkansas later in the week. How do you think he compares to them? I think he's behind a lot of those guys. I'm not high on Hawkins. I think I like Sensabaugh better. But I get that you're also trying to kind of go off of a consensus draft board around the league and get value with your picks. But where do you think he ranks with some of those guys? I'm curious to read your comments down below on YouTube. So coming up next, Trajan Langdon, Jaron Collins. They stay in, they go in. I got updates for you here. And why? It's all maybe good news for New Orleans. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Bird Dogs. I was wearing a pair yesterday. I'm actually not wearing a pair right now. In the process of moving, taking boxes from one place to another, sweaty, it's hot out. I had these on. I felt good. They were super comfortable. 
If I spilled something on them, it dried very quickly. Moving in the New Orleans heat, going up and down stairs, carrying things. It just all worked. And I looked good too. I didn't look like a disheveled mess out there moving stuff. And what's great is they're also versatile. I went to go have a drink with a friend after all of that. Had them on. Had them on sitting outside with a beer in hand. And it was great. Didn't seem out of place like I was just wearing basketball shorts or anything like that over at the bar. So it's nice when you have a pair of shorts that's just that versatile, kind of does everything for you. Looks good. The lining's in there, so you just throw them on and go. They've got a pair of pants that I got my eye on as well. Wear them to the golf course, wear them around to the office. Always about being comfortable, especially in this New Orleans heat. So if you want to give Bird Dogs a try, go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA. And when you enter promo code LockedOnNBA, they're going to throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA, and the promo code is LockedOnNBA for a free Yeti-style tumbler with every purchase. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. No one else comes to you like this, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. A couple of updates for you as we wrap up this show, as we wrap up a week's worth of shows here. The Washington Wizards hired uh, Michael Winger, the GM for the Los Angeles Clippers, to be their new president of basketball operations, president of whatever. He's the top basketball decision maker with the Washington Wizards. Trajan Langdon was the other name we had heard about for that job, has ties to the organization, um, is thought of very highly around the league. With Winger taking that job, I presume that Trajan Langdon is going to remain here in New Orleans working with the front office as the GM, basically second in command when it comes to the player personnel side of everything. There's still a possibility he could be lured away by another job or even go to Washington. Don't forget, you know, they were somewhat interested in him for David Griffin's job. Griffin got the job and they decided to still spend the money and bring Trajan Langdon in. Right? So it could happen with the Washington Wizards. Maybe he goes over there to be their GM or gets another title or, you know, whatever. It's all the same thing. You're still second in command. So I'm not ruling it out, but on the surface, I think this is really good for the Pelicans. I think Langdon's done a good job. We've seen their drafting, their scouting do really well these past couple of years. This is someone who's well-regarded around the league, someone that players connect with too, has extensive scouting experience overseas. We'll talk about Carlo Makovic during Summer League when he's here with the team. So you like smart basketball people, staying here the way David Griffin early on in his tenure described what they were trying to do is bring in the right people, get them all on the bus and we'll figure out where the bus is going. But we do that when you have all of the right people on board. I definitely think Trajan Langdon is one of those right people on the coaching staff front. Jaron Collins was in the mix for the head coaching job with the Detroit Pistons. It doesn't sound like that's the case anymore. You had Kevin Ollie get another interview there, and that's who they're ultimately going to hire. Someone else was in there too that was getting a second interview or a third interview, and it doesn't sound like Jaron Collins is getting that interview. So I expect him to be back with the Pelicans. Well, I wanted to see, and we all want to see, some shakeup with the Pelicans coaching staff. Jaron Collins is someone I want to stay here. 
he he's the defensive architect. He was the defensive architect with the Golden State Warriors too. This is a guy that gets great defensive effort and builds good defenses on teams. Pelicans had the sixth best defense last year. I like being a good defensive team. I like what they're trying to do. Force turnovers, get out and run, get easy transition points. They can just score in the half court. This team would be so good. But defense wasn't the problem last year, even with all of the injuries out there. You look at some of those teams, some of those lineups, they shouldn't be effective defensively, and they are. And you even saw Zion Williamson looking good defensively too this past season. Jaron Collins running all of that. You don't want to lose a guy like that. So as much as you want people to succeed, it's a nice guy. I want him to be a head coach if he wants to be a head coach. It's also a nice thing when they stay on your team and keep coaching up the guys that you have here. Because the Pelicans, if they're healthy, the offense falls right into place and we don't need to worry about that pretty much at all. Defensively, there's more work to do. And with the way they've succeeded defensively, it makes me think you can bring in a guy like Bryce Sensabaugh and not really miss a beat on that side that you can kind of really fill a need, look for... a a one-sided guy and go out and draft him knowing it'll be okay. Our defense is still going to be good, efficient, effective. And now we've really shored up a major hole. Love that. I think that opens up the possibilities for the Pelicans significantly compared to what they might be doing otherwise. So it sounds like both Jaron Collins and Trajan Langdon going to be staying in New Orleans. Things might change. Who knows? There still might be some shakeup on the coaching staff, which could be a good thing too. Those are two people I like keeping here in New Orleans. We just talked about the Denver Nuggets yesterday. Give that show a listen if you haven't. And one of the things that's been good for them is the familiarity with one another, the consistency with one another, the longevity there that everyone has had. And it's led them to their first finals appearance. Keep some of the same stuff that's working here in New Orleans. And those two definitely are that. Agree? Disagree? Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Be back with you all on Monday. The everydayers, you're going to hear me talking about Kobe Bufkin. Um, Nick Smith Jr. is also going to come up next week. Maybe we'll do a live show, a couple of other things too. And let me know the prospects you want to hear. Taking suggestions, and they'll be on the show. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all on Monday.